0: This is Transforming Truth with the life changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer.
1: And good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth Radio broadcast. It's a hot summer night. In Detroit, and you are listening to a supernatural broadcast. I believe God is going to touch you, heal you, deliver you, save you, fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you have a need, God has an answer tonight. Don't touch that dial. Stay tuned. Be attentive to the Word of God. The Bible says that the Word of God is... It's profitable for correction, instruction, and training in righteousness. And there's nothing that you can do more beneficial before you go to sleep tonight than get the Word of God into your spirit. We're live here in the studio tonight. 313-838-1035. If you have a prayer request, if you have a prayer need, if you uh, have a question or you want uh, some ministry tonight, if you need somebody to stand in agreement and in faith with you, Call in tonight, 313-838-1035 if you're depressed, if you're upset, if you have an addiction, if you have a bondage. Something that needs to be broke if you're dealing with guilt. Call in tonight, 313-838-1035. I want to pray with you and believe, God, that tonight will be your night to receive what Jesus has laid up in store for you as a believer God loves you, friend. He's not mad. He's not upset with you. This is the age of the dispensation of His grace where He wants to lavish upon you His love and His mercy and His forgiveness. You could have just made the worst mistake of your life tonight or you could be headed on your way to making the worst mistake of your life. Turn around, friend. Give your heart to Jesus and surrender to His perfect will for Your life tonight. Don't touch that dial. 313-838-1035. I want to tell you tonight that we have a great show for you. We have uh, to minister to you. Lots of things, lots of stuff to talk about tonight on the broadcast. I want to say before we get started, as I usually say, that if you can't make the, you know, you don't stay up late or you want to catch uh, some of the other broadcasts that we've had in times past, you can go to iTunes on the road with Chris Palmer. And you can catch up with our broadcast. I archive all of our shows. And I archive our shows from Boston. We're on in Boston now on AM 590. W-E-Z-E the Word. Come on Tuesday nights at 730. So, And I'm doing a whole other series over there called Preserving a Nation. And that's different types of uh, shows for you that will be a blessing and that will be a help to you. So I want you to go ahead and get on, on the road with Chris Palmer on our podcast, and let that be a blessing to you. I want to say thank you to all of our partners that help us with our broadcast. You're a blessing. I love you. I pray for you, and I thank you for all of your help with everything that we're doing. And so it's a blessing, and I want to give a special shout-out tonight to the Belleville Lighthouse and Pastor Devin Musso. I've been ministering for them all weekend. And I just came from there. And I tell you, they got a wonderful bunch over there. I'll be preaching tomorrow in Belleville at the Lighthouse on Willis Road in Belleville. Tomorrow morning, 10.30. Come expecting a touch from God. And so we want to get into the Word of God tonight. Colossians chapter 3. We started a series last week entitled, The Image of Christ. And I want to stay on this and I want to talk to you about some important things Boy, i tell you, I just got this brand new Bible in the mail. I ordered away for it. I love this thing. This is a Cambridge calf skin or goat skin Bible. I'll tell you, I was preaching tonight and I kept talking about how much I love it. If you could just be in the studio and see how it feels in my hands. One of the nicest Bibles I've ever had. I love it. And I'm excited to preach from it tonight. So I'm breaking my Bible in, this brand new Bible, on this show tonight. So it's going to be a powerful show. I can already feel it. Now listen, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, I want to read this, I know I said Colossians, but I want to read Philippians chapter 2, I'm in a preaching mood tonight, so I've been preaching all weekend and I'm going to be preaching next weekend, and and I'm just preaching, preaching, so let's me me let me, let me, let's talk about this tonight, okay, now listen, if you're listening tonight, you need a touch from God, you need God's supernatural power, call in 313-838-1035 uh, and we'll get to our phones, but I want to first minister His word to you. It says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. There is, as a child of God, there is a mindset that God has for you that he wants you to develop. Many times we are born into Christianity. We get born again. And yes, we are reconciled unto God. We receive the grace that he has for us. We are some people think that being born again is we're just going to heaven. It's more than just going to heaven after you get born again and saved and you're reconciled to God. God wants you to take on and develop a certain mindset. When I was a young man growing up, my father would always look at me and my brother and say, now, listen, you're Palmer man. You are a Palmer. You would act like a Palmer. What he was telling me was, you're to think like a Palmer. And, of course, I don't know really how a Palmer thinks. So I had to spend time around my father to understand how my father thought. He would spend every Saturday morning and every Saturday afternoon with us. And then he'd spend Sundays with us. And then when he would come home from work, he would sit at the table and he would talk to us. And he basically spent my whole childhood teaching me how he, as a Palmer man... Thought. Well, you've been given the Word of God. These is the words and the instructions of your Heavenly Father. And when you're born into God, He wants you to begin the process of taking His thoughts and putting them in your mind so you can begin to develop the thought and the thinking pattern of your Heavenly Father so you can represent Him here on the earth. Now, let me tell you what it says here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1-3. Now, what I'm sharing tonight... If you get a hold of it in your heart, it could prevent so much of the disaster and the tragedy and the bondage that people go through and they circulate over and over again. Because as believers, when we put the word in us, it's preventative. It keeps us from falling. Colossians chapter 3 says this, If you then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. And then here it says in verse number 10, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. When you get born again, you're saved, born into a new kingdom, your transformation began. The moment that your eye of your spirit man gain access into the realm where God exists. And every time I was ministering this in Belleville this week. Every time you get a look and a glimpse into the realm where God exists, into that spiritual realm. You begin or take on transformation. When you say you have the mind of Christ passing it in review of last week. When you say that you have the mind of Christ, it means that you simply are seeing what God saw. We know that scientists tell us that we don't see with our minds. Excuse me, we don't see with our eyes, we see with our minds. And so to have the mind of Christ simply means that we are seeing what Jesus saw and we're looking at the reality that he looked at. So having the mind of Christ simply means... Really having the eye of Christ. Or seeing what Christ was able to see. Well what did Christ see? Well he saw what his father wanted him to see. He had the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 3. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit came down in the form as of a dove. It lighted upon Jesus. And he began his ministry. When Jesus began his ministry. He went about destroying the works of darkness. And that was because he understood The power that was available to him. And he had and was operating out of that supernatural realm. Now, I want to make this statement tonight. And I've said this before and I want to say it again. If you're listening tonight. Your transformation as a believer. Has everything to do with where your mind is at. It has everything to do with what your mind has taken on. And when Well, I'll say it like this. Whatever dwells in you, that is what you're going to demonstrate in your life. If you demonstrate fear, it's because fear dwells in you. If you demonstrate doubt, it's because doubt dwells in you. If you demonstrate faith and authority and power, that's because that dwells in you. So we shouldn't start by looking at what are we demonstrating. We should start and look at what is Dwelling inside of us today. And so, I want to talk to you today. If you have, if you say, well, I'm one of those people that I have doubt dwelling in me. How do I get that out of me? Oh, I have fear. I'm gripped by some type of bondage. I'm gripped by some type of circumstance and anxiety. How can you root that out of you? I want to show you this. It says here in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10 that as a believer... That we are renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created us. Now, the Bible puts a huge precedent, or I shouldn't say precedent, but it puts a huge demand on knowledge. It says in uh, Habakkuk 4 and verse 12, excuse me, Hosea 4.12, that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It says, "I'm going to read this to you." It says in Second Peter chapter one and verse two, "Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord." Now, let me say this: there are a lot of people today, and we're all born. All seven billion of us are born into different circumstances. Some people are born in rich families. Some people are born in poor families. Some people are born in loving, nurturing homes. Some people are born in abusive homes. Some people have a father that takes them to baseball games and helps them out and is their best friend. And some people are born with a father that curses them and slaps them to the ground and makes a fool out of their kid or just doesn't want anything to do with their child. And... This is unfair because we have nothing to do with, nothing to do with this. Uh, but here's the thing. God has dealt every single person on this planet grace. And God factored in exactly what you would be born to. And if you were born in an unfavorable circumstance, God has given you more grace. It's available for you To even out the playing field and to give you the start that you're supposed to start with. That grace has been laid up for you, child of God. What is grace? Grace is not a license to sin. It's not a right to do wrong. Grace is God's enabling. It is God's empowerment. It is God's ability. It is God's supernatural drive and His power to cause you to overcome the circumstances that you're dealing with. So, if you've been abused, if you have been molested, people have done you wrong, I want to tell you this. There is an overwhelming and abundant supply of God's enablement and His power to help you overcome what you're dealing with. Now, it says that This empowerment or this enabling is multiplied to you. It didn't say it's added to you. It's multiplied, which means, you know, the difference between 2 plus 2 is 4. Okay? And 4 plus 4 is 8. But 4 times 4 is 16. Multiplication doubles and it has reciprocity to it. it. It's much higher than adding. And the Bible says that when you receive knowledge, and I was telling uh, the youth I was preaching for this weekend, is that when you receive revealed knowledge from the Word of God, this, what it's going to do when the Word of God becomes alive to you, it's going to start multiplying God's empowerment for your life. It's going to start multiplying His enablement. People that say, well, I'm born again, but they don't have revelation from the word of God. There's no empowerment because the more understanding you get, the more of God's thoughts that become alive to you, the more grace you're going to begin to find. Now, it's not that God deals to you that grace. He's already made it available to you, but you start discovering it and it becomes a working reality for you the more that you begin to walk in revelation of it. So... Our uh, point, as we start off as believers, has everything to do with the knowledge that we receive from God. So, here, if you don't have this knowledge, you become the Bible says that His people are destroyed because of this lack of knowledge. So, when I get a hold of people that are Christians for the first time, I understand this right from the bat that when I lead someone to Jesus, that there has to be a new. Mindset that they take on there has to be a new way of thinking. your old thinking that you have in your mind, take it and throw it in the trash can, discard it, get rid of it, dump it, just completely throw your thoughts away and take on a whole new way of thinking and I'm going to show you how to do that tonight because uh you know. When you live the life of sin, the things that you were doing left an impression on your mind. And God wants to replace that impression with his word. So we have to develop a thought pattern. Now, uh, when I start talking about Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10, it says that the new man is renewed in knowledge after the image. Now, I'm going to get a little deep here tonight for my listeners, but I think it's okay because I try to build up a mature audience. And I want to take you a little bit deep. But the word "their image, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10, is the Greek word akon. And this simply means an image or a figure. Now I want to read to you in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 17, what exactly this image is. And I'm going to take it from there. So I want to read to you in Matthew chapter 22. Because there is something significant about how we renew our minds as believers. Matthew 22 and verse 17 says this. And I've talked about this on the show before and I want to talk about it again. You know, uh, I'll go to verse number 15. It says, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle Jesus in his talk. And it says, And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. And you don't care for any man, for you regardest not the person of men. Now tell us, what do you think thou? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? And it says in verse number 18 that Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you tempt me, hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And it says in verse 20, And he said unto them, Who is this image and superscription? They said, Caesar's. Then he said, Render therefore unto Caesar's the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God's. Now notice this. People a lot of times when I ask this question in church, I say, Who's on the coin? They say Caesar's on the coin. I said, Nope, that's not the correct answer. It's like if you take a quarter and you look at a quarter or you take and you say, who's on the back of this quarter? People say George Washington is on the back of the quarter. Well, no, he's not on the back of the quarter. The back of the quarter is not George Washington. It is his image. It is his similitude. It is a likeness of George Washington. But it isn't George Washington because George Washington is buried in his resting place. And when they took the coin and they pulled it out and they said, who's on it? They said, Caesar's image is on it. But Caesar wasn't on it because Caesar was in Rome in his temple. And so when we talk about us, when when, Christ, when we say that Christ is in us, well, Christ has a flesh and bone body. Christ is on the right hand of, the, of God in high. He has a ministry of intercession. He represents the human race before the Godhead. He's in heaven on his throne. And so when we say he's in us, it doesn't, when it talks about Christ in us, the hope of glory, and, and all the scriptures that talk about in him, in whom, in us, this is not referring to himself bodily is in us. What this is talking about is just like his, it, the image of Caesar was on that coin. It's saying that the image of Christ is in us. Another way of saying this is that his print or his blueprint is upon us. It's his print. He has, Jesus, when we were born again, has left DNA or a blueprint upon us. Now, uh, it is that is on us. We have to, as believers, understand it, get, grasp this, and know that his image, and I've taught this a lot, is. It is upon us. I mean, if you look at my father, you look at me, we're the same person, the same being. Because his blueprint is on us. Now, I want to talk about this a little further now. Now that I've passed in review. It says, in a, when it comes to understanding who we are and our spiritual genetics, our spiritual blueprint, this, the image of Christ that's upon us. I want to make this statement tonight. That... Our understanding of who Jesus has made us, our understanding of who we have become in him, okay, this will determine the level of authority that we walk in. Or I say it this way, the level of authority that we walk in is based upon the precision of our spiritual sight. You are a spirit man that understands spiritual things. And so, many times this is what happens in the church. Is uh, we have to, as believers, begin to grow up in Christ Jesus. And we are to submit to our pastors and submit to our men and women of God. But one thing that we're not supposed to do is we're not supposed to depend upon them to feed us solely. That means that we have to learn how to feed ourselves. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and it says in verse number 17 that uh, the man of God may be perfect, not lacking anything. The word perfect means to grow up and be mature. And so to grow up and be the mature person that God wants, we can't always depend for someone to take the word of God and chew it up and spit it into our mouths like A mother bird does to her little baby birds when she takes the worm and chews it up and spits it down because they don't have the ability to chew it up and do it for themselves well we have to learn how to take the word of God the Bible and begin to process it through our spirit through the revelation and understanding of the Holy Ghost and so I'll say this you can't get by by seeing through someone else's spiritual eye because your, or the eyes of your spirit, man, are connected to the mind of your spirit. And so you can't get by all the time through someone else's revelation. Someone can preach to you the revelation. But you have to, at some point, begin to see things for yourself. You have to begin to understand things for yourself. This is why God has given to you child of God, and you born again believer, the Holy Spirit to take you and thrust you into his classroom and begin the process of showing you things personally, doesn't matter where you started, this is called grace, this is his grace upon your life, his Holy Spirit, him pouring out the Holy Ghost upon you, that is his grace. And so you take and you make the process of allowing the Holy Spirit to help you personally. See, we there's a lot of, I call them cookie cutter Christians. And I don't want to slam people's good heartedness. I'm, just, I'm not, I'm not uh, making any light of that. But God doesn't want us all to be robots. He doesn't want us all to be automatons and to be cut from the same cloth. The Holy Ghost has custom-made every single person. The Spirit of God. See, sometimes we get involved in big organizations, we get involved in all sorts of things, and we start conforming and doing what everybody else is doing. And we check our talents, we check the way we think, and we throw all that aside. But that's not God's plan. What God wants to do is He knows that you are specifically designed. You've had experiences that are different from everybody else's experiences. You have talents, you have abilities, you have ways of thinking, that are different. There are things that you're good at that nobody else is good at and God wants to utilize all those things from His kingdom. God values uniqueness. And so... He doesn't want us checking those things. What he wants to do is he wants to send his Holy Spirit to come make you to be the unique person that God said that you could be. And do you know what that means? That means that the way you move in the spirit, the way you minister, the way you preach, the way you share the gospel could be totally different from the way that your neighbor shares the gospel, but nonetheless effectual. We're all different believers So many times we see, I want to, if we're going to, the move of the Spirit has to look like this. Or the move of the Holy Ghost has to look like that. Or if God's going to move, it's got to look like the way it it is at my church. Or if God's going to move, it's going to look like the way it did in 1975. If He's going to move, it's got to look like the way it did in in 2000 in Brownsville. Or the way it did in the Voice of Healing Days. Or the way it did at Azusa Street. The move of God is always moving, it doesn't always look the same. And so, one of the biggest things that we have to understand is that as God continues to move, things continue to change, and we have to adapt. And that's why we need to know the Holy Spirit. Because we are not experts on the Holy Ghost, and nobody is an expert on the move of God except for the Spirit of God. We just have to recognize His Spirit and know what His Spirit looks like. And if we can recognize His Spirit, we can say, This is the Holy Ghost, or This is not the Holy Ghost, and how He's moving. And that's what happens. People are born and they see a move of God and they say, this is what the move of God looks like. And they say, this is what it's going to look like until Jesus comes back. And that's not true. The move of God always is altering itself. It's always changing itself. It's like the flu virus. The flu from 1975 is not the same strand of flu that came along in 1997. And that's not the same flu that came along in 2010. It's different. It keeps changing. It keeps morphing. It keeps getting more complex. It keeps getting greater. And that's how the move of God is. It's changing. There's something different. The gifts of healing are strong. Stronger. the gifts of the word of knowledge are stronger the way God is touching people's hearts is different and we have to learn how to adapt and we can't be scared about the move of God looking different than it did back in 1985 the one thing that we have to do is be certain that we are partnering with the Holy Spirit amen see I told you I felt like preaching tonight <laughs> oh I better save it I gotta preach tomorrow in the morning now No, I'm not going to save it. I'm going to let you have it tonight in Jesus' name. We're live tonight, 313-838-1035. I saw some calls coming in and people hung up on us. So call back. Now listen, I want to read to you Acts chapter 19. Now I said that we're talking about the image of Christ. I got off there for a second, but I want to get back on this now. Acts 19. It says that, understand this. Like I said before. If you're going to operate in what God's called you to operate, there has to be transformation that takes place. Your transformation is something that occurs daily. I know this, that when I wake up in the morning and I go to bed at night, and then I wake up in the morning, then I go to bed at night. Then I wake up in the morning, then I go to bed at night. Something I believe called transformation is taking place. I'm moving From glory to glory to glory, from faith to faith to faith, from revelation to revelation to revelation, from understanding to understanding to understanding. I should be more of a blessing on Friday than I was on Thursday. I should be more of a blessing on Saturday than I was on Friday. Because more understanding is flooding into my heart and more wisdom how to apply that understanding is coming into my heart. And so when I wake up in the morning, the first thought on my mind is I need to get into the word of God so that he can give to me revelation so that I can partner with the spirit so transformation could take place in my life. That should be the cry of your heart is for transformation. But transformation comes from the word of God. You will have no transformation in your life until the word of God starts becoming revealed to you. It starts becoming revealed to you. So the word of God has to be revealed to you. It has to be made known to you. Now, uh, let me show you what happened. You remember the story of the Apostle Paul. He was first known as Saul in Acts chapter 9. And in Acts chapter 7, you'll see that this man named Saul, he was standing by approving Stephen, one who had set up a church, actually, I believe it was in Antioch. No, was it Antioch? Where did he set the church up? I believe it was Antioch. And he was stoned. And after he was stoned, uh, then it says two chapters later that the Apostle Paul's is on the, the road to Damascus, and he has this experience, and he encounters God. Jesus appears to him and says, Paul, why is it that you're kicking against the pricks? Why is it that you're challenging me? And Paul gets converted. Now, he's undergone the first level of transformation. Okay? And it says here in Acts chapter 19, after Paul, which was, you know, ten chapters later, the Apostle Paul says here, or excuse me, it says in Luke, it says here in Acts, it says that, uh, in verse number 11, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out. And so now the apostle Paul is operating in tremendous power, and he's operating in tremendous authority. He's walking around with power. He didn't have this power back in Acts chapter 9. He didn't have this authority before he was converted, but now he has it. And you'll see that he spent years studying, years seeking God. And now he's transformed to this place where God is using him in a mighty way. And so all of a sudden in verse 13 of Acts chapter 19, certain vagabond Jews, people that had experience in the spirit realm apart from their authority in Jesus, it says that, They decided that they wanted to try and do what Paul was doing. And it says that... They called over them which had evil spirits and tried to use the name of Jesus. And said to the evil spirits, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preached. And these were seven sons of a man named Sceva, a Jew and a chief of the priests. And the evil spirit looked back at them and said, "Uh, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? In other words... Who do you think you are trying to cast us out? And here's, their, here's where they went wrong. These exorcists never were able or never entered into a revelation of Jesus. Your transformation and your power occurs every time you get a revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about just hearing what your pastor said. I'm not talking about just hearing what your favorite book said or what the TV preacher said. That's good, and you need that in your life. But I mean, the point of all that is so that you can get a personal revelation of Jesus. And so, these seven sons of Sceva, they walked in and said, We adjure you by the Jesus that Paul preached. You know what they were really saying? We adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul has seen. We adjure you by the Jesus that Paul has revelation of. But guess what? They didn't have revelation of it. And because they didn't have revelation of Jesus, because they hadn't seen him, because the eyes of their heart hadn't laid a hold of this Jesus, they didn't have any transformation in their life to rise them up to the level of authority where they could take authority over those devils. We're going to go to the phones. We have Willie Jean. God bless you. You're on Transforming Truth. How are you tonight? Okay,
0: I have a question. Go ahead. Now, you're born again, and you have the Holy Spirit, and you hear ministers say to you, don't visit here or there because you might get wrong teachings. Mm -hmm. But if you have the Holy Spirit, you you should be able to discern and discern. I just feel we're all part of the body of Christ, and you can go to—I I mean, myself—I feel I can go and visit other churches.
1: You should go and visit other churches,
0: and that I'm not just some. This to get to another church is is so refreshing. Amen. I I love that. Yes. And people say, "Well, you need to be at one church and stay there, and and don't be visiting all these these different churches." I mm-hmm. I don't understand that.
1: Well, I can tell you, Willie, I I share the same belief as you. I believe that uh, it's, uh, you know, I believe, first of all, I believe in having a home church. I believe that we have home churches because the Lord puts us in the church that we're supposed to be. But at the same time, I go to all different churches all the time. And, uh, you know, I am because of what I do. I'm a preacher. I visit all sorts of churches every month. But, you know, you have the Holy Ghost inside of you. The Bible says that we're all of the household of faith, and I will tell you, Willie, there is no crime. There is nothing wrong. You shouldn't feel guilty if you go go visit another church, and uh, going and visiting another church should be a blessing to you, and even if the preacher gets up there and is saying things that he shouldn't be saying, at some point, eventually, I'm sure he's going to say the truth, and you can... I've gone to church before, and... 75% 75% of what they say I don't agree with, but I can get with the 30 per, the 30% uh, or mm-hmm. that they're saying or the 20 and, and 25% that they're saying and I can get with it and it can be a blessing to me. Right. So you shouldn't put yourself in any condemnation for visiting another church. Right. You I shouldn't. don't.
0: I never do. Good. But I'm just saying that's fair.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: like the, some they'll say, well, the pastor has to watch out for the sheep because the sheep does not know but I'm just—I study every day. Mm-hmm. I'm studying, and here I am up this time of night, still studying.
1: That's right.
0: You know, I. It says the scripture says, "Study to show yourself approved."
1: That's right.
0: So, I—I I don't. I—it I, seems like it's a form of control.
1: Yeah, I don't know the motivation by. I don't know the motivation of every person's heart that tells you not to go to another church. But I can tell you that when you visit another church, you should be free. You're God's free man. You know, you go and you visit and you do what the Lord. Now I tell you, you should have a home church and you should have a, 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 a someone you're submitted to. But at the same time, okay. go and and enjoy and hear the word of God and enjoy and and don't put any condemnation on yourself because. There are, every church I've noticed has a, a certain caveat. Some churches are good at preaching one thing. And other churches are good at preaching another. And there's some churches, if you're looking for something, you have to go to other churches for it because they don't have it. Not every church has everything. And so, uh, you know, you, you, you be a blessing as long as you stay submitted. Don't feel guilty.
0: Oh, I don't. I was just wondering, can you get uh, a copy of, can I get a copy of this tape? You, because I, what uh-huh. you said earlier is just... Vast uh, knowledge that I definitely need.
1: Yeah, write, uh, Willie, write us an email uh, at info at com.
0: I don't have a computer.
1: Oh, you don't have, well then. I'm one of those guys. Oh, okay, I don't, well, you know what, you can uh, write us at P.O. Box 403.
0: Okay, wait, 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 wait. P.O. Box 403. Yep,
1: Walled Lake, Michigan.
0: Wall, W-A-L-L-E-D. Okay, Lake Lake, Michigan. Yep, 48390. 48390. And how much do I include?
1: Just go ahead and just write us a letter, and we'll we'll make sure we get the CD out to you.
0: Okay, and that's for tonight? uh, Yep.
1: Just write well, us. Just write us your request. We'll send it to you.
0: Okay. Okay. I w- I listen to you. Uh, try to listen to you every uh, Saturday, every Sunday.
1: Oh well. Thank you, Willie. You're, uh-huh. you're a blessing to us. I appreciate you listening and tuning you are, in.
0: You're you're such a blessing. You know. Oh. You talk, I mean, you bring <laughs> some dynamite information, revelations, and I just truly love it. Oh. You know.
1: Well, I I appreciate it, Willie. I appreciate your listening, and you know that's what we're here for. We're here to be a blessing to you and, and to Metro Detroit. So. Okay.
0: God bless you, and uh, All right. God. I, I'm going to write that to you.
1: All right. God bless you and be free.
0: I am. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. God Bye-bye. Bless you.
1: Bye-bye. Amen. Well, we're so thankful for callers like our precious sister. And call in tonight. We're live, 313-838-1035. Her question was: she said, hey, listen, I, 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 I'm a, I go to visit other churches, and I'm blessed by it. I said, you should be blessed by it. There's not just one church, is not just preaching the truth. Nobody has a lock on the truth. Let me say that to you. I believe in being submitted. Maybe I'll do a teaching on that. I believe in submitting to a man or a woman of God, a pastor, someone who should be an authority over your life, but at the same time, you know, don't feel condemned if you go visit another church. Or with Linda, you're on the Transforming Truth broadcast. How are you, Linda? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. How are you tonight?
2: Um, I was calling. I have a question. Okay. Um, and forgive the noise, I'm at work. I wanted to ask the question and, and then hang up and listen if that's all right. Go ahead. All right. Uh, my question is, um, why do some people go through um, years of testing and tribulation and other people don't? Now, I went through about seven years of the fire, and, um, you know, I'm not questioning you know, his reasons for it. But I'm just kind of curious as to why, you know, some people do and some people don't.
1: Well, before you hang up, Linda, I mean, to answer your question about why you went through the fire, uh, this is kind of, this is an open-ended question because uh, every situation is different. Every situation has a lot of variables in it. Uh, And so I would have to know more about the situation. I'm not going to ask you to reveal your private information over the airwaves, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can make a couple of general blanket statements, and hopefully they'll help you, okay? Okay. okay. Uh, first of all, understand that you have a real enemy that's real. His name is Lucifer, Satan. He's the devil. And right. that's one of the reasons, one of the causes of our problems. Another cause of our problem is we have, the Bible says in Ephesians 6.12, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. So you have an enemy that wages war on you daily. That's one of the reasons for the fire. The Bible also talks about one of the reasons that were destroyed that I was telling you in the very beginning is it, it is ignorance. Uh, one of the things that causes us to stay circling the same mountain over and over and over again like the children of Israel is our own ignorance. And I'm not. it's all different. Our own ignorance, our inability to gain and apply understanding with wisdom. Uh, and that continues to keep us where we're supposed to be. That has, that, what, under that category falls, uh, not taking correction, failure to submit, failure to show honor, failure to receive with humility, correction from people that can help us along. And then there is, uh, sometimes you're dealing with people. And when you're dealing with people, uh, it can be a process to, uh, you know if you let's say if this, if the circumstances you have someone says it calls and says, "I have a family member, and they act this way all the time, and it just brings hell to my life, and it makes things difficult, well, that's because you're dealing with somebody, and you're for your life to get easier, you're waiting for them to change and so there's a whole lot of different reasons, but what I can say on the other side is that God has given to us two main tools to help us in our difficulties that's his word and that's his spirit. And I have found in my life personally, Linda, that the quicker I conform to his word and the quicker I yield to his spirit and the quicker I am to he- listen and hear what he has to say, that results directly in the quicker he is to pull me out of the situation.
2: Right. Well, this, um, this was, it was a series of um, things that happened. My husband died, and then I had a year of mourning. And then while I was in the year of mourning, there was a lot of trouble that was stirred up at work. Then my dad got sick, and I took him in and was taking care of him for a long time. Now, before all of this started, and it went on from there, but before all of this started, the Lord was giving me the number 40. And I kept asking myself, and I kept trying to search around in the Word and trying to find out, what what does this number 40 mean? And so I recently found out that it's, you know, a very long period it you know represents a long period of time or you know a long period of testing and tribulation, and I just you know just was wondering you know what
1: well why <laughs> why well, do some
2: people go through that and other people
1: well I, at, at some point so. we all at some point we all go through testing tribulation and trial difficulty, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I can tell you that. Uh, God's desires to bring you out. God's desire for the children of Israel. He didn't want them to have to go through the 40 years of tribulation. He would have brought mm-hmm. them into the promised land if they would have been obedient. But right. they were disobedient. So, uh, But, Linda, we have to go to break. Um, okay. But we will be back, and I'll address your question a little bit more after we get back from break. Okay, Linda?
2: All right. Thank you very much.
1: God bless you. Thank you for calling. God bless you. Bye-bye. We'll be back just after this. Stay tuned.
0: WMUZ Detroit in crystal clear digital HD at 103.5
1: FM and from anywhere in the world at WMUZ.com. And we are back here on the Transforming Truth Radio broadcast. We are so excited to preach to you the Word of God, the Word of faith, which effectually works in you that believe. I'm a spirit man. I'm a Holy Ghost man. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm a word man. I want the Word of God in my house. I want the Word of God in my life. I want the Word of God when I go to bed. I want it when I wake up. I love God's Word. And the most important thing that you can do as a parent is to teach your child the Word of God. I want to read this scripture before we get in. I've made this a point to say this on my show. Uh, This week, you know, before I go to bed at night, I journal. And I, I put the verse of the day, something that I caught when I was reflecting and meditating and praying. And this came to me this week. And it says in... Proverbs three thirty three. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. You should take the word of God, have it in your home, have it teach your children the word of God. You know, I was telling somebody uh, a couple weeks ago they're expecting a child. I say, do you do you minister to your unborn child the word of God? They said, what do you mean? I said, you should get next to your wife, you should lay there in the quietness of intimacy and speak the Word of God over that child inside that stomach because I firmly believe and you can disagree with me all you want but when you do that the child starts hearing the Word of God hears the sound and picks up their spirit in that womb, picks up that this is the Word of God and you begin to set the atmosphere for your home I don't know about you but I want the anointing of the Holy Ghost and His presence in my home I don't want to have a home where You walk in and it's tense and you feel there's restlessness in the atmosphere. I want a peaceful home. And the way you do that is you develop it through the word of God. I want to finish talking about the image of Christ. Uh, Before I do that, I want to remind you that we're a listener supported broadcast. And so if you've been blessed by the transforming truth, if it's been a transformation process for you, we always welcome your prayers and your financial contributions. P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. We so much appreciate your contributions, your financial support, your prayers, and you thinking and listening to our show. Now, with that said, uh, we were talking about Acts 19. And what I was saying was, is that the sons of Sceva's great mistake is that they tried to use their authority in Jesus, but they never had an encounter with Jesus. They never had an encounter with his word. They never were able to uh, see him. And this is what we do so many times. We have an issue. We have a problem in our life. And we go up to the problem and we say, hey, problem, I adjure you by the Jesus that my pastor preaches. I adjure you by the Jesus that I learned about in Sunday school. And the problem looks at you, arms folded, clasped hands and says, I'm not going to move and you say why don't you move and what it's not going to tell you is that you don't have enough authority to move it not because God hasn't graced you with it not because he has not enabled you with it but authority works based upon understanding and knowledge that's what I'm telling you conforming to the image of Christ now let me say this that uh, The revelation of Jesus that I'm talking about isn't necessarily seeing him on his throne. There's people that go around saying that Jesus has appeared to them a bazillion times. And that's not necessarily what you need. Paul said in scripture, uh, well, first of all, Peter says, "Though though you don't see him, yet you still believe. Uh, so, you, most creatures are going to go through life and not even see Jesus. You're seeing Him. Your revelation of Him comes from a revelation of understanding the image of Jesus within you. His blueprint, His DNA. You are, you are spirit from His spirit. And when you know that He's in you because you came out of Him and were born from that second birth, when that light goes on inside of you, when it, That light turns on inside of you. That's going to release to you your authority. So you're conforming to his blueprint. You're conforming to who he's made you on the inside. That is seeing him and getting a revelation of him. And let me tell you. When that kind of revelation pops and blows up in your spirit. The Lord showed me this one time. That sickness and demons and devils cannot tell the difference between Christ and... And the image and likeness of him inside of you. They will respond to your understanding of who he is in you. The same way they responded to Jesus Christ when he walked the earth in his flesh. They don't know the difference between you. Listen to this. I'll, I'll, I'm going to illustrate it. I'm going to go back to the coin. The picture in print of Caesar on his coin Jesus said hey who's on this coin they said the image and superscriptions on this coin they said caesar and he said well give to caesar's what is caesar's caesar wasn't standing there he was miles away in rome but because his image was on the coin because his blueprint was on the coin that coin demanded just as much respect for Caesar as if Caesar was literally standing there next to them. He could have, Jesus could have, or anybody could have said, hey, you just pocket that coin and don't do anything with it. You don't need to give taxes to Caesar. No, no, no. He said his image is on the coin. His superscription on the coin. Because of that, respect him. Even though he's not here, you better respect him because it's his coin, because he is on it. And that's what demons will do. When you have the image and the superscription of Jesus on you, sickness, disease, financial problems, difficulty, challenges issues depression will respond to the image inside of you the same way it responds to jesus christ himself because even though he's in heaven on his throne just like caesar was on his throne his image is on you and that image demands the same exact respect that jesus would get if he was walking the earth himself you are made friend in the image and you are made in the likeness of Christ. And we are conforming to that image. We are starting to see just what he has made us. That's his grace that he's poured upon our life. When the Lord see, a lot of people say, well, I have grace. I can do what I want. I'm forgiven. No, 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 no. God's going to look at you and say, I gave you grace. Why did you keep on sinning? Why did you allow sin to have power over you when I gave you grace to overcome when you see how much power he has given you over sin. If you don't see it in this life, you'll see it when you stand before him. And he's not going to allow you any excuse for having kept on in sin or defeat. And so people say, well, why am I going through the trials? And that's okay. We wonder sometimes. say, Why am I going through the trials? I don't know. You know, one thing as a preacher I get Is uh, people always ask me, they say, why this and why that? And the question I get asked the most always begins with why. But I don't have the answers to why everything happens. But I can tell you this, like Paul said, he had the same question. He said that he had a thorn in the flesh, which was a messenger of Satan, a demon spirit that tried to always stir up persecution. And Paul pled with the Lord and said, Lord, take it away, take it away, take it away. And God looked at him and says, hey, Paul. My grace is sufficient. You know what that means? That doesn't mean that, hey, uh, Paul, you're just going to have to bear along with this and I can help you endure it. He was saying, I didn't give you grace to endure it. I gave you grace to overcome it. Why are you asking me to do something when I've already done it for you? The mo- I-, I saw a tweet the other day. I love this. It said, the most spiritual thing we can do is realize what Jesus has already done and transform to it. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Jesus. you trying to be spiritual, doing all these good things, and oh, God says, all I need you to do is realize what I have already done for you. That's all He wants from you is to conform to what He's made you. Amen. We are going to be back next week at 12.15 a.m. on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. We hope it's a blessing. We've been talking about conforming to the image of God. We want to encourage you, friend. Again, I said before, partner with us. you can call uh us at eight six six ninety eight awake you can uh partner with us by going on ChrisPalmerMinistries.com dot com or you can write into us p o box four o three wall lake Michigan, four eight three nine zero tomorrow I'll be speaking at the Belleville Lighthouse in Belleville, Michigan on Willis road we're going to be preaching the word of God to you, laying hands on the sick we're going to have a good time in the Holy Ghost, and you can also catch us on our podcast. Uh, which is On the Road with Chris Palmer. We archive things. We archive our iTunes, we our, our, our podcast. We, we do all that. We want it to be a blessing to you. I'll be headed out of the country next month, and I'll be in you know different places and doing youth conferences. So keep me in your prayers. Also, you can uh, go on our Facebook page, which is Facebook. You can find me, Chris Palmer, or you can find our Facebook page, Chris Palmer Ministries. Go on, write comments on our Facebook page, and let us know you're listening. We love you. We believe in you. Let me pray tonight. Father, I pray you bless every listener tonight. I break the power of the devil over their lives. I speak blessing. Give to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Protect them. I speak health and blessing. I speak peace over their life. Joy that is overflowing. I thank you, and I praise you for it in the name of Jesus God bless you, friend, and we will talk to you next week, 12, 15 a.m., same time. See you next week.
0: Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash chrispalmerministries. Then partner with Chris financially at chrispalmerministries, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, Four eight three nine zero, and tune in again every Saturday night at twelve fifteen a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ one hundred three point five FM, The Light.